What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops. Just myself and Jake today. Steve. Miss you, Steve. Steve's, Steve's on the injury report today, guys. It's uh, non non COVID illness. Yeah, non COVID illness. Suffered over the All Star break, but he'll be back better than ever shortly. Got a got a fun show today. Honestly, this is this is probably the best time of year for basketball fans post All Star break. We're gonna keep calling it the second half of the season because that's just easier. That's what it is in all of our minds. And then maybe this is like maybe it's not even like the second or second half of the season. Maybe this is just like the start of the actual season. Like yeah, because this is like we were just talking about beforehand. Now like these games, all these games have stakes pretty much from now until April for every team, whether it be for the top seeds in the conference, you know, your Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks and, you know, Philadelphia kind of creeping around there, whether it be to avoid the play-in in both these conferences, the West much more than the East right now in general, or these teams that are going to be tanking for a generational prospect. Like these games yeah. are meaningful all over the place. And it's going to be a cr- one of the craziest finishes I think we're ever going to have seen, at least in our lifetime, because usually it's a pretty dull race to the finish. But with the adding of the play-in and seeing the way the league is broken this year, it's going to be like, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this yet. Yeah, and that's a good point, too. It is kind of the start of the season because as much as all the stuff that you just explained makes sense to you and me and the other basketball junkies out there, it's also really the only time that people don't really care about basketball start watching as well because they're like, these are the meaningful games. I actually forget who, what clip I saw or some, some TikTok I saw today, but it was people talking about the NBA and they were saying I, it's really only important in the second round of playoffs, which I don't think that's true, but that's kind of like what they're getting at. They don't, you don't really need to watch until kind of towards the end of the season and to some degree, I can agree with that. So, yeah, let's call this the, the start of the new season here in the NBA. March Madness right around the corner. We got some exciting news to go over today. A little all-star oh, yeah. cleanup will break down. Power rankings. Talk about most of those teams Jake just mentioned there. And then we're going to start a little new segment here. Playoff atmospheres, kind of just looking forward at some upcoming big games, big matchups, uh, give our thoughts and, you know, and the meaningfulness of all of those games. Um, so we have a few of those oh, yeah. and then we'll end with a this or that back this week. This or that. Jake, I just think start. of that one song. I can't remember. It, may, it might be called this or that. Honestly, I can't remember what the name is. Where are we starting, Donny? Sorry. No, you're good. We are, we're at Bev. He's heading home. First bit of Ooh. news here: Patrick Beverly is going to the Chicago Bulls. How about interesting? That? He said he said his options were between Chicago and Golden State, which cr- kind of crazy to even try to picture Patrick Beverly on the Golden State Warriors. But we don't have to do that because he's headed to the Chicago Bulls. He's headed to. You're sharing a city with Patrick Beverly now, Jake. It's kind of lit, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> there's nobody else. There's that. That'd be a great NBA superstar to run into, like randomly in the city of Chicago, because I feel like he would be so down to just like listen to whatever you want to say. I'd obviously I'd have some good. I'm gonna have to start thinking about that. Maybe we're gonna have to think about that here. Like, what question? Yeah. If I see Patrick Beverly somewhere in Chicago, what would be the question I would have to ask him? 
that wouldn't get him like on his bad side. Actually, get, maybe just line. maybe just think of it. I just took a sip of red wine here. I I'm pretty tuned into the Pat Bev pod. I know he he's does a love his wine, wine guy. You could ask him his favorite type of wine. I could ask him. I would want to ask something. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'd have to ask something about LeBron too. Hmm. What's what, is there any memorable time? drinking wine with lebron we could we could we could introduce both those i'm sure that they have some good wines together at some point could be all right questions we are thinking the hard-hitting questions here but yeah pat bev for i don't know what the fuck the bulls are doing but um Hmm. at least you know pat bev is a guy that they could use for any number of reasons just because they could use something (laughs) and some life injected into the franchise have you seen the news about lonzo which it seems very related to this pat bev news that yeah. doctors have never seen anything like what's wrong with his knee and don't know why it isn't responding which to put it lightly just isn't good news no matter what's going on i feel just feel for lonzo ball um mm-hmm. more than anything but yeah they just needed they need a jolt of energy they still want to be in this playing race obviously they didn't move anybody we talked about last week didn't make any moves at the deadline one of two teams um, so clearly they think this roster right now is good enough to make a play in because they don't really have another option. Um, and I think adding Pat Bev helps with their depth at point guard and just getting a veteran in there. Um, they release Goran Dragic, I believe, right, to get take him out of there. So they, they really want the defensive side of the ball too. And honestly, if you look at the defensive rating for the Chicago Bulls, you believe it or not, Right now, into the All-Star break, they're number seventh in the NBA. They've been a solid defensive team. It could be an aberration as we're coming into – got to think of whatever this real NBA season, this post-All-Star season that we're going to brand this is, whatever it's called. But this is when it's going to be real, and they want to double down on that defensive side of the ball and maybe hope that the trend keeps up. And Pat Bev's that guy. And also, they probably thought they were getting Russell Westbrook, and then the Clippers finessed it. So this is a good good (laughs) follow-up for it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it is crazy. Like, I didn't think they were that good defensively, but I knew they kind of honed in a little bit and were getting better. It really is just that they're that bad offensively and have been that bad as of late. Man, um, it's I tough. Think- it's tough just because it's the thing we've been talking about. We talked about a lot with them that could happen. DeRozan and Levine just don't really mesh as well together. And it was no. great last year when it first started. Like, they first started out and teams were like, oh, man, what do we do with this and then teams kind of figured it out yeah and i mean it it does kind of probably have to do with them having no alonzo ball like they don't really have a guy who sets the pace um they don't have a guy who's a dynamic playmaker which i think i don't think pat bev is a dynamic playmaker but he'll definitely help in that area and just being able to push the ball but yeah i mean vucevic getting older and him, you know, him really not having much of a, a game other than being, you know, being pretty dominant on the block. And then just the shooting around them has been so, so bad this season. I think I think they're they're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the entire league, which, yep. you know, Rosen's not a three point shooter at all. But you figured some of those other guys would string together some good shooting performances. But it's, it's just been bad for them. Um, I like the addition. All the things we talked about, you know, energy. Um, this will probably be one of the most meaningful finishes to a season for Pat Bev in his career. I mean, it's where where he grew up, where it all started for him, and he gets to go home. And um, one of the things he said on the Pat Bev pod was, and I've seen people kind of taking this out of context. He called the East weak, and I think 
he said that right after he said, I'm trying to, you know, help the Bulls make a playoff push. So I think he was referring to like the bottom half of the East. I don't think that was any shade yeah. at Boston, Cleveland, Philly, uh, Milwaukee. But obviously people are going to clip that and, t- and take it how they will. But I, I you know, I kind of can agree with him that, you know, that's his goal. If he wants to get this team or help this team try to make a playoff push. I mean, I think they have the talent to do it. It's just really them trying to figure out what we've all been trying to figure out all season. Like, what the hell is actually going on in that locker room? (laughs) Yeah, he might walk in. He might have walked in day one and seen, been like, oh, oh, man, this ain't good. Like, yeah, we don't know what we don't know what kind of situation he's actually running into there in uh, Chicago. It's a great point. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I think collectively, we kind of like the move here. Happy Hour Hoops approved. Maybe Jake will run into him and ask some LeBron and wine questions. That's the goal. But uh, stay tuned. We'll we'll keep you guys updated if that happens. Then another point guard. You you already mentioned him. The Bulls may have struck out trying to get this guy Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. Russ. I thought he was a free agent for a little bit too long for my liking. I was surprised he wasn't scooped up earlier. But obviously, you know things need to happen. Um, deals need to be discussed, moves need to be made, clear space and, and stuff like that. But Russell Westbrook going to a team that people already considered a true contender in this league this season. I mean, we talked about how well Kawhi and PG have been playing um, kind of as of late, and now they add a guy like Russell Westbrook. What, what was your initial reaction to this? Well, just the fact that, you know, Paul George and Russell Westbrook are going to be back together and how effective they were um, as a duo. And we just know that they were, they were boys. Like we knew, we knew that they were boys. Um, They really got along there in OKC. So seeing them back together is good. I'm happy for Russ more than anything. I think that Lakers situation was just taxing for him. And he, it wasn't what he wanted it to be, especially playing like, you know, he grew up a Lakers fan, grew, grew up loving that team and just, you probably have some sort of expectations your whole life about what it would be like. And I can't imagine that's what it was. was. So the fact that he gets redemption, gets to stay home, he doesn't even have to move, literally can literally doesn't have to up, uproot his yeah. life or anything. And I think why it took so long is I think this is more of the players getting what they wanted in Los Angeles more than the front office. That was the talk of why they didn't initially right away bring Russ in, I think, um, was that it was really Paul George and – Paul George, as much as anybody else, pushing to have this happen. And maybe, you know, I don't know what I don't know what the issue would have been with the front office. They didn't have any point guards. Um, so probably just doing your due diligence. You know, that what happened in L.A. that it went ro- so wrong that they were just willing to throw you away for a trade. You know, I think that's a valid question for a front office to ask before they really give him the keys to the franchise. Like he's going to be that he should and is going to be the starting point guard for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's maybe their best chance at a title together for this team mm-hmm. that we thought was going to be a title contender for years and years and years. Um, so it's kind of crazy that it ended up Russ being that guy, but I feel like he's kind of the perfect guy. We've seen him do it with PG. I think that those off off with Kawhi off the floor, having those two in a set together, you feel like you can have an elite offense still. And this is a team that's been playing well, you know, even without Russ coming up into the break. So yeah, I feel really, I'm just happy for him. And I think it's probably the best situation way better than being in Chicago. That's for sure. And I feel like the Chicago thing was more them pushing to get that 
And his first choice had to be the Clippers. And then maybe Chicago was after that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the P the PG thing is just the, the thing that everyone, like the, the Clippers in general, Paul George himself, and then the fans should be excited about because you just mentioned it. Like these two have played together. PG, I'm sure, was the one clamoring for this to happen. And let's not forget, Paul George was in the MVP conversation all year in that 18-19 season with the Thunder when he was playing alongside Russell Westbrook. He averaged 28-8-4 and with 2.2 steals a game that season. So Not bad. It's safe to say Paul George likes playing uh, with Russell Westbrook. And, yeah, the, the, the – most wild part to me is that going remember into when season, sorry to sorry remember I think when Russ resigned or one of them resigned they were at they were at like a party or I don't remember what it was when Paul George got traded maybe they were at like, like a big party at like the club yeah when they were yeah they were at a party for Russ resigning or for Russ's triple double or something like that like even to the very end it was like they were tight knit and I think. From a point of it, too, when I remember looking back at those stories, all the reporting for when Paul George got traded and Kawhi signed with the Clippers and everything, that Russ kind of understood. Like, he understood yeah. PG was going home. And now they're both kind of – it's just, like, kind of poetic that they just get to reunite later on after that because, it's like, they were so so close. Like, clearly, they had an impact on each other. But keep going. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And, yeah, I'm sure – you know, maybe that may maybe even made it easier for Kawhi to be on board too, because he was like, "Oh, Russ was, you know, kind of understanding when you came to LA with me for the first time, and now these three can be kind of a big three with already." You know, I've been saying it all year. I think the Clippers have the most depth in the league. I think uh, Boston and Denver is close, but I still think it's Clippers who have the most depth. And I thought that when they had John Wall and Reggie Jackson as their point guards. And then at the deadline, they turned Reggie Jackson into Bones Highland, who I think is, uh, you know, maybe a slightly worse floor general. He's a little more raw than Reggie Jackson, but he's, you know, he's clearly just, I test a much better talent and probably going to be a better offensive player, yeah, yeah. you know, once, once it's all said and done. So you have the youth there. You have a guy who is a little more willing to score, can kind of create his own basket. And then Westbrook to John Wall at this point in their careers is a massive upgrade. And, I mean, you mentioned it too, like just the energy that Westbrook's able to bring. Um, and, and it's so cool too, because at all-star break, like you got to see all, you know, whatever you read on Twitter or throughout any, any form of media, you know, all the Westbrook hate and Westbrook and everyone basically tries to bring down this dude who's a legit clear cut hall of famer it's just crazy. And then all the guys at All-Star Weekend who were asked about Russ or the situation with Russ leaving the Lakers, um, it's it, everyone has nothing but great things, good things to say about Russell Westbrook, all the other players. So yep. it was kind of cool to see that he gets a fresh start in L.A. I think Shaq said it best, too. He was like, he, before the Clippers even fully went through with it and went out and got what Russell Westbrook, he was like, if I'm Russ, I'm trying to go to the Clippers. Like, you yep. go to the other side of LA, and then once once you guys make the playoffs, and the, and the Lakers are like fighting to get in, or maybe miss the playoffs, that's you know that's the best revenge you can get. And you go play for a guy like Ty Lue. You go play beside 
Kawhi and PG. It just yep. it makes perfect sense. I'm happy for Westbrook. End of the day. Yep. Yeah. Can't can't say I, I'm very interested in the Los Angeles Clippers as well, and just yeah. what it's going to look like, regard from the whatever the people perspective and anything else. Happy for us. Very interested from the basketball perspective what it looks like because it, the best case scenario. They, they're the, they might be the favorites in the West, and we'll get into that later on. But, I mean, it's it's like undeniable at this point, the way they've been playing and the way the West is shaping up right now. If you're looking at who you think could make a big move to three or two, might be the Russ, the Russ Clippers. I think – and I think biggest losers of this situation here might have to be the Miami Heat. Like, yeah, I, right. I think I think the Heat – But, he, really but they got Kevin Love. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> That's the other big. That's the other news and note, I guess, is that the Cavaliers yeah, bought should, out. Imagine that bought out Kevin Love, and he will sign with Miami Heat. There's been Kevin Love's been posting some shady stuff. He posted Drake lyrics, "Tables Turn, Bridges Burn, You Live and Learn," which seems to just be what happens when you leave the Cavs because Dan Gilbert likes to kick you on the way out, most likely. Um, which so not surprised there, but I will say I'm Bill Simmons led rhetoric about Kevin Love going to come back and just like. The, the talk here's the thing is what bothered me the most about it and what i've heard from a lot of people that's bothered me about the criticism of the Cavs letting this happen is people are just thinking that the the hand injury is why he got released that his poor shooting since the hand injury happening is why he got um you know bought out and that the situation didn't work out no it the shooting is one thing if he could shoot fine you know it would he'd be more useful he is a nothing defensively done. like literally yeah. he cannot guard a soul. And I don't know how that's going to help in Miami be- unless they just think he's another shooter that maybe that they can, you know, revive for a couple playoff games in a scenario, like just, you know, get- that's what they can use it for. Maybe. And maybe he has one of those performances shooting the ball, but defensively he w- cannot be on the floor in these situations. And the Cavs have really liked going small recently. They've gone a lot of Allen and Mobley spending time at the five, and playing their Okoros and their Leverts and their Stevens is at the fours. And it's been working out for them. They've been on a pretty damn good run since they started doing that. And I think that that's the biggest thing with love is like, they didn't feel like they needed that insurance. And even he's on the floor, he just can't guard anybody. He can't guard anybody on the perimeter and he's not strong enough to get big. So get some rebounds still and everything, but it's kind of like, Hassan Whiteside situation at this point, and that's Oof. why it's hilarious that Top Miami is going to get him. That's why yeah. it's so funny. Like they're falling for it again. They're falling for this empty stat guy right now that really can't do anything defensively. And I think people will figure that out really quickly. Yeah, it just I I, I figured he would land, but I I thought it would be with a better team at least right now. I thought Obviously, it would be I thought it would be L.A. or Portland. Honestly, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's, he's trying to make the best of it. He's going back to number 42. I, you know, I like K love, but I oh, just, love, I, love the guy. I think it's a, I think it's a lateral move at best for the, for the Miami heat though. I don't know. I mean, I guess they were playing Dwayne Dedman some of those minutes for, for a while there. So maybe they just wanted more shooting on the floor. I don't really know what their thoughts. I, I for one, just still think it's crazy that they couldn't get a deal done with Russell Westbrook. I think if I could have – obviously, the Clippers, it's just kind of adding more luxury to what they already had. But if you were going to – I mean, we talked about it all the time with him and the Lakers and kind of why it didn't work out. They had no shooters around him. 
and him and LeBron were trying to do the same thing when they're on the floor and it just didn't work. Like, think about all the shooters on this Miami Heat team. You throw yeah, right. Russell Westbrook on the floor with Max Strews, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Like, it, it, you know, some good things could happen with that group. But again, Miami Heat, you know, says they're in on everything. Hey, no, they wanted Kevin Love. Let Don't get happen, anyone. You know? Whatever. End up with K Love. He's going back to number 42. We love it. Um, last bit of news yeah. here Hawks, you know, right, right after they, they cleaned up All Star Weekend, they fired their head coach, Nate McMillan. Uh, he's out um, the door. Can we go back to the podcast? We got, I don't know which one it was, but there's a podcast that we did two months ago whenever the first Trey Young thing came out. And we read that athletic article and we're like, huh, he has issues with Nate McMillan. Huh, Jacques yeah. Vaughn got fired. Huh, he didn't show up. He, he what did he didn't show up to the shoot around and then didn't show up to the game and everything. We're like, huh, seems like Trey is trying to get into power struggles. I wonder who's gonna last out of this. Will it be Nate McMillan or Trey Young? And look at that. <laughs> like I know we I know we predict I know we said this was inevitable after reading that. We were like, there's no way it doesn't happen. And here it is, yeah. right after all, like literally, like they planned it. Like they were like, let's see what happens, get to the all-star break, and we'll talk again. And then we're like, yeah, can't do it. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy, man. Like this, I mean, I think this nucleus, this era of the Atlanta Hawks is probably over as we know it. I thought for the longest time, and the Atlanta Hawks tried to make everyone believe for the longest time that John Collins would be the first of this group to go. But turns out it was their head coach, who I think – McMillan's been getting a bad rap, not only this season, but last season, basically since all the Trey Young, Nate McMillan drama started. Uh, I think Nate McMillan's a pretty good coach. I oh, don't yeah. know what the divide is. I don't know if it maybe it is just such a whole Trey Young ego thing ever since he beat the Knicks in that series. But something's not right there. And I think I think there's many more changes coming after after this, you know, head coach fire. I don't really have nice things to say about Trey Young at the moment. So I feel like I'm going to yeah. save that for a later time. But I think that we're getting more mounting evidence that he is more Stefan Marbury, not Kyrie Irving yet esque than he is like Steph Curry, Chris Paul esque. Yeah. And that's Steve fine. Francis, maybe. So, yes. Those guys are, those guys have a great place in NBA history. They're fun but they flamed their way out of like three places along the way. And I think that's yep. Trey. Trey is not the Steph Curry. Like I don't ever want to hear no. that again. And it's personality more than anything else. I don't think, I, th- I don't think it's not, I don't think it's unfair to say that at this point when two coaches who, like you said, are good coaches, like yeah, in circles, thought Nate Miller was a very good coach. Jacques Vaughn, clearly a very good coach who yeah. just needed another opportunity. Like, yeah. So, We'll see. We'll see what happens with Trey. Maybe he. Maybe that's the next trade request, and that would be a very interesting uh, swing to see who would be going after Trey Young. But I, it seems like we're on that path if it doesn't go right this year. Yeah, yeah. The uh, this offseason for the the Hawks is definitely going to be interesting. And to to throw a wrench into it all, you know, we'll, we'll move on here because I don't really have much else to say about this, but. Last night, scrolling Twitter after the the Nate McMillan uh, firing happened, and there was already Hawks fans just spamming that they want Ime Adoka. So we'll, oh, we'll see where that what? goes. <laughs> Ime will be a coach. Yeah, oh yeah, he'll coach again. Very, yeah, next year. He'll get a shot. I don't know if it's going to be with Atlanta. Did I don't know. The, was, there, was there Celtics uproar 
you would know this more than I was when they hired Missoula full time and didn't say that they fired Udoka because they've never really said that Udoka wasn't going to come back, but they just quietly were like, oh yeah, Joe's going to be the full time head coach. It's like, well, you still had another head coach technically. Yeah. He's not fired. He's suspended. But um, I don't think uproar. I think just more confusion because I've, been, I've honestly been confused since it happened. But well, it's, it's kind very, of been a, yeah, it's fair. It's kind of been a fever dream because it like NBA right now, or at least have the best record in the NBA right now, and we've been very solid since it happened. And Missoula has been doing awesome. So yeah. I think coaches or fans would probably be more upset if it was the other way around and we weren't performing that well we'd have more questions but it's kind of just like confusion but joe's worthy of the job happy for him and you know we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there if we ever fair enough yeah if we ever cross it right yeah because at this rate <laughs> who fucking who knows? Knows, man <laughs> um that all being said though let's let's get into the all-star cleanup here uh we'll kind of i'll kind of work f- from the back up in the dock here i know you're looking at the same thing as me we talked about it. We we all kind of had a hunch, you know. We 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 threw out our feelers and picks who we thought would win the three point contest. I kind of had a take, and we all kind of agreed that Dame's on a bit of a, a fuck you tour. It seems like, and he brought that to All Star Weekend and just in, won a three point contest. I think it was the third that he's participated in, first time winning it. Um, what do you think about the three point contest? Um, it, there were some bad performances. There were yeah. some bad guys Kevin that Herter just put not shoot. A whopping nine. Herder, dude. Oh my God. I can't believe I hyped him up. I was like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> it was so bad. Halliburton's second run through was not great. Um, the first run through was great. First run through was awesome. Um, yeah, there were some bad scores on there through through the way, but Dame, you could just tell, was locked in. Like that yeah. first time through, you're like, he is. There's no. He's doesn't matter what anybody puts up in the second round, he will get past that number. Like he was in that kind of mood uh, for the night. But it was definitely not the most exciting three point contest, just because I feel like there was like Halliburton's lights out, 31 performance. Dame was consistent both of them, and then everybody else was just kind of like up and down the whole time. Yeah. But uh, Tatum Martin had a great is- performance there. Marketing, oh my gosh. Marketing's first round was impressive. And then, you know, it's Lori Marketing. He so. sucked in the second round. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Um, but yeah, so that was the three. Uh, also, that was another thing I learned. Like the three point contest is one of the harder things to predict over All Star weekend. Because, like, we were talking about it. We were like, oh, Tyler Hero, you know, he's got a crazy stroke. And we, we all said Halliburton. We we're like, we don't know like how his unorthodox shot's going to fare for him in the three-point contest. Then first round, he's lights out. Um, Kevin Herter, like, great shooter. We're like, this should translate. You know, Tatum did all right, but was pretty underwhelming. And then the next day, he's hits 10 threes in the actual All-Star game. It just – the three-point contest, it, it kind of just – it must just have to do with feel and, like, flow i guess obviously that's that's important to shooters but definitely one of the harder things to predict and just knowing where you need that money rack too because some guys did not know where they needed the money rack and that's what pisses me off more than it's like really bro you went four or five on this random one then you get to your money rack and you make one like you clearly had no idea what the fuck you're like ah put it there 
that's that's the one thing like dame hit those dame got to his money rack you're like oh he's going four for five five for five yeah and cash he knew, what, he knew what the hell he was doing man yeah i will say Taliburton surprised me though in that first round because i yeah i was talking shit last week i was like i don't know how that's gonna look and was, it still it looked ugly but they were going in they're going yeah. in also hilarious julius randall's kid Ugh. just making like grossed out faces when his shots weren't going in they were like, wow. panicking to his kid and he just was not he, he, he was basically just all of us watching at home i don't how did julius like did they just like need a new york nick in there or something i don't really understand how julius got selected for that doesn't make yeah, any no. sense to me uh, yeah <laughs> i literally have no idea man literally makes zero sense but hey what can you do um uh, dunk contest though that that seems to be back mac mcclung went from g league two weeks ago to it. to winning to winning the dunk contest in crazy fashion i, I mean, mean it was absolutely sick that first dunk like jumping over the guys one could have been tens all across the board just that the fact that he yep. kissed it off the glass and then went reverse like didn't just kiss it and if he kissed it and sl- yammed it would have been like all right this guy's crazy but the fact that he re- it was so effortless both dunks look so effortless i honestly think everybody that was a decent dunk contest from everybody like i've seen up and down complaint the were you impressed by Jericho Sims? I feel like people need to stop. Hey, it wasn't the most creative dude. thing, but dude, his armpit was in the rim. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, he literally did double the double elbow in the rim. Like, you know how bad that hurts? One <laughs> and two, like just dude, give the guy a damn break. Like he's he has some of the best bounce in the entire NBA. Like, I yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Like, I obviously wasn't enough to win. But, like, he already got told that during the contest. You don't have to dunk on him for the whole next week about how embarrassed he should be and stuff. It's unreal. I actually appreciated his um his Instagram post being like, yo, y'all can be embarrassed for me, but, like, we ain't embarrassed over here or whatever. And it's, like, just him on vacation, like, enjoying the All-Star break. It's like, yeah, good for you, man. You shouldn't oh, be yeah. embarrassed. But, I mean, Mac McClung, dude, like <laughs> – I I'm so excited, man. I hope, you know, also, did you see this, his career earnings so far since being in the NBA or in and out of the NBA, I should say with the G leagues. And, you know, I think he had like a, a short, he played a few games for the Chicago bulls last year, but his total earnings just from like league play was $106,000 and winning the dunk contest, he got a hundred grand. So almost as much just from throwing down some dunks as his entire career earnings. Um, he got in one night, which is crazy. Happy for him. Does this maybe have Doc Rivers give him a couple extra shots on the field or on the court for the 76ers? I hope so. But Do you think that LeBron maybe. James ruined the dunk contest forever? No. No. <laughs> The that just felt like Stephen A was like he was like damn like there's no games going on I can't talk about hockey on first take no football anything going on like what could I do I can blame they like LeBron Cowboys and they like spun a wheel like yeah right, LeBron topic what can we do oh dunk contest his fault there we go and just just decided to roll the segment out with that yeah Stephen A's been on one on, on first take it's 
I could I could get into deeper things, but no, I don't I don't think LeBron. Like really Jason, is it, are you talking about Jason Tatum having the third most pressure on him to win a title this yeah. year? <laughs> yeah, I see. The thing that I'm not, I think he's somewhere on that list, right? I don't think he's three, but I agree. Like I think the Celtics, the Jays in general, the Celtics, the Celtics nucleus that we have going, definitely has some pressure. But the fact that Jokic, who's a two-time MVP, about to about to win his third I think the MVP fact that Kevin row. Durant wasn't on that list is yeah. kind of crazy. Kawhi, I don't think Kawhi should be on there at all. No, probably not. Kawhi, and, I think LeBron, already... and I think LeBron should always be on those lists too because yeah. he puts the pressure on himself. Like he tells you the pre- – he lit- LeBron literally said at All-Star, this is the most t- important 23 games of my career. So if yes. you want to talk about putting pressure on yourself, oh, that's the guy. So Tatum, Tatum, I'm you can the Celtics, sure they I'm sure they do have whatever. There is a lot of pressure on them. That's fair too. But I don't think Tatum, like it's not if he don't win the title this year, I'm not gonna think any less. If they lose in the finals, people are gonna have jokes. I'm not gonna think any less of Jason Tatum no. as a basketball player. I'm gonna think more of him as a basketball player if they make the finals this year. Yeah, and if like if, if they get bounced in the first round or something, then next year, like fine, put him at the top. Do you wanna know what's funny? Do you, I read an athletic article today that was like uh who did they do? It was twenty-two all-star, like and twenty of the guys that were all like in all-star weekend, rising stars, dunk contest, everything. There was like twenty-two guys total that they pulled for like a little quick league survey. And they asked about swimming slimming the uh, first round back to five games, trying to make it shorter. And the only player that had an anecdote that was with it was Jason Tatum, who's like seven games, se- four seven game series. That's a long time. I think we could do them with five. I'm like, I'm sure, sure you would have really appreciate a five yeah. game series, Jason. <laughs> that's hilarious, bro. Hey man, it's, that's that's a dude who's been leading the league in minutes since he came in. He's he tired of this shit, bro. <laughs> hard fought series last year. He's been to the playoffs every year of his career. Man, makes sense. But no, that's I, as a fan, I, I'm not really down for that. I don't, I don't know about you. I oh no, I like I the seven no. games. Because if if we can have if we can have chaos, if we can have drama in the first round, I want it, man. Give me, give me seven games if it's if it's worth. I think Jokic uh, said that. Jokic said something like, seven games really proves you're better than a team. Five, I don't think is enough, and I feel like that's true. That's also coming from him, who came came back from down three <laughs> one. So exactly. it makes sense. He's like, fuck that. <laughs> also, one, I know we're getting crazy sidetracked right now. One last thing about that Stephen A. pressure list. Joel Embiid's got to be in the top five, man. Oh, of course. Look, what are we doing? Another he's, name. He's, another name that should be ahead of. He's Jason never Tatum. even made a, a a conference finals. Like, what are we doing? Or actually, no, he did. They did make the conference finals, but they lost to Toronto and Kawhi hit that. But like, he hasn't. That's he's made one conference finals. He's he's in the MVP conversation every year. He gets bounced most years by inferior teams it seems like i don't know man I, this isn't me it's just, it was just a bad list and i feel like that's 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 what i meant by Stephen a is just going off on first take lately i think i think you hit the nail on the head man maybe it is just no football and he's just he's going crazy he doesn't yeah. know he, he doesn't have enough fire to, like there's no one getting as angry as he needs them to be so yeah. he's got to rile somebody up maybe and apparently it's gonna be celtics fans so you might be in for a, a long time honestly and LeBron, yeah. it's LeBron's fault that the All Star game isn't fun. You know what? The 
the thing about let's draw, bounce around to the actual game here. Yeah. Do you do you subscribe to the theory that they did not pick their own players that that was an NBA scripted event going on? Because there's there's some there's some evidence to it because Giannis picking John ja Morant in the reserves when Jan when Josh should have been a starter, starter. So he messed up yeah. there and he would have been the th- he was the third pick he would have been the third name down the list as the starter it would have been Giannis first whoever else second and Ja for third so if Giannis oh. was just reading it quick it very well could have been and also I feel I don't know it just. It just seems a little suspect to me. How do you have any have any thoughts about this? I I didn't I didn't know that I, I didn't think about that jaw thing until you said that. I don't know I don't I don't I don't think it was scripted just because I feel like that if they were going to script anything in the sport that would be such a bizarre thing to script. I feel like, but I did think the draft the way they drafted was kind of weird. Like I thought Luca the amount of time he you know it took him to get drafted and then Jokic, especially bro. Like let's talk about that, dude. I, I don't, I have no idea if it's scripted. I would lean towards no, but you, how about Jokic just being mad disrespectful to Lori market in it? Obviously Jokic <laughs> was going to be, Jokic was not going to be the last pick, but just standing up and walking over to LeBron's team <laughs> before he even announced that that's who he knew because they told yeah. him it was in the script. Um, yeah, maybe that's another reason to believe it was scripted. Now nah, Jokic, Jokic, he, you just know he was just like, yeah, right, buddy. There's no way. Jokic, though, I don't think he cares about All Star games at all. No, like, he, he clearly more, did not want to be there. Yeah, he just doesn't like it. So I feel like they—that's what LeBron and Giannis do. They're like, we need—we're not going to actually play in this game, so we need to get people that are going to try hard, and we know Jokic is not going to try hard. And that was fair. Yeah, he, they were right. And he said himself too, dude. He was like. He said after the game, he's like, "This isn't this this type of game isn't made for me." Like, <laughs> he's like, "You you shouldn't be drafting me in in, the, in this type of game anyway." So like, at least he's just completely honest about it. No, but, but I I will say you that the two people we what first of all, Jason Tatum the second that his shoe got dropped the day of the All-Star game. Yeah, that was crazy. There's a lock that he was going to go crazy. Because you don't just – there he is. You don't just drop a shoe and then don't play hard in the All-Star game. You go and ball out in the All-Star game. So we knew him, and we knew Donovan Mitchell was going to try to go off in front of Salt Lake City. The person I didn't account for was Jalen Brown, noted very good friend of Donovan Mitchell, and noted – obviously superstar running mate of Jason Tatum being like, oh, these two are going to try to go off. I'm going to try to go off to fuck these guys over. And that was the most fun part of the thing. If you know, like, if you obviously, you know, Tatum and Brown are on the same team and fuck people who are complaining about the one-on-one. The one-on-one was like the best part of the whole weekend. It was the part where we, my eyes were most glued to the thing when just watching that. But if you also know about him and Mitchell too, it made for the most like fun little storyline that we didn't know going into the game. And that's what the yeah. little draft thing before can do. Like we didn't know who was going to be against who and everything else. And it turned out like the best case scenario for it. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome, man. It, yeah. You're so right. Dude. Like people complaining of like that still image of the Jays going one-on-one. They're like, this is what the all-star game has turned into. It's like, like yes, these guys will these guys will have that picture framed in their house for the next 70 years of their life. That's what the All-Star game's for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and if you're too, if you're tuned into the lead, dude, you like you realize how exciting that is. Not only are these two of like the best wing offensive players, but they're both great defenders too. So watching them 
just go mano a mano during the all-star game and both going off, like combining for 90 points. It's pretty cool. Like Jalen Brown hitting Jason Tatum with the two small, like when are we ever going to see that? I don't know if we ever will because, you know, they're, they're teammates and hopefully they stay that way. Uh, you know, I'm saying that as, as the Boston fan here. Um, Oh, here's, here's Jake. We lost him for a second, but he's back. I accidentally hit the back button. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought you were leaving me solo. I was like, I'm about to just go off about the Celtics right now. <laughs> But no, it's it, it was it was great. I, I enjoyed that part of it. Like I was just saying, Jalen Brown hitting Jason Tatum with the two small was was legendary, and those, those two Hilarious. just going back and forth was awesome. Mitchell also just had the most quiet forty point ten assist game I think you can have. Forty um, points and ten assists, yeah. in an All Star game. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Jalen with thirty five points and fourteen rebounds. And like, the best part about that for Mitchell is Mitchell had two points after the first quarter, and I had an over twenty bet on him. I was like, "Oh no, he doesn't want to play in this. He's just gonna sit the rest of the time." And then he was like, "Nope, I'm just gonna cast every three from the half court that I could possibly hit right now." Um, yeah, but it was nuts. Crazy part too about Jalen Brown is he was a reserve in this game. Like, they, yeah. <laughs> He and of course, you know, LeBron didn't play the second half. You know, he maybe slid into those starter minutes with LeBron not playing, but still coming into the no, game of so reserve, impressive. dropping 35 points. That's the other thing, too. It's like people are trying to take away from the big games that we saw this year in the All Star game, you know, whether it's Mitchell, whether it's Tatum, whether it's Brown. It's like there's still all those other guys who only scored two points or only scored 10 points that had equal opportunity to do this and didn't. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's it was a 184 to 175, but every guy out there is just as good and they they have, you know, all this opportunity to also do this. It's not like any of these guys are really like crazy ball dominant or demanding it. Although Jason Tatum did have his coach as the head coach in the All-Star game and definitely And he was- did play five more minutes than everybody else too. But- <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that might have something to do with it for Tatum, but I I thought the All Star game Listen, was awesome. It was um, a successful shoe drop. Like now they get that commercial is gonna be sick. Holy shit! Everything bro. like sneakers pretty sick too. The Tatum one. I do like this. I did approval. like the sneaker. I, I would like I that like the the Easter egg colorway. The whatever the last the one pink was. Lemonade. Pink lemonade. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. And the that's, St. Louis that's one ones I'd go are dope for. too. The white with the blue. Yeah, those are nice as well. I, I, I'm a fan of the Tatum ones here, um, but that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. But the game itself, the first time LeBron has ever lost as a captain, he was 5-0 and before this. Obviously, he, he didn't play the second half. Because he, he should have – I don't uh, – he, he was – his picking strategy, I don't know what team LeBron was doing. Team Giannis was so clearly the favorite to me with just who you know who you knew was going to try hard. I guess that's what it comes down to, yeah. But Giannis, knew that, that's why Giannis picking Tatum first was that that was what he knew. He's like, I know Tatum, Jason's about to ball out tonight, yeah. So I'm picking him. That that's where LeBron misstepped, and that's why I thought LeBron was going to pick Mitchell really early because I was like, okay, LeBron's going to get Mitchell because they need some motivation. He's got Brown, like whatever, and then he's picking Doncic and Yoke. Like these guys are not going to try. They're not going to Luca. He's not going to put this effort into this. He's just going to yeah. be running around. I don't know. LeBron really just... thought he did something when he took Kyrie too. How did he, he pick? He was... Ky- come on, man. How did that? Like it was so obvious, but like, come on. 
What a dick, dude. He really had to do that. Braun should honestly try to be petty more often, bro. I feel like he's too like he's too like loving to the people that were Honestly, him, that's man. why he lost. Like he deserved to lose after yeah. kicking Kyrie and doing the big fucking dap up and their big handshake and everything. Like after knowing what we know now, Braun, you're still just gonna do that. That's just all that told me is that Kyrie Irving, Los Angeles Laker, we should be uh ripping that future right now for 23-24. Because that yeah, was a man. that that was a that was a can't wait to see a next year buddy handshake, which we have seen Kyrie Irving do before with Kevin Durant at the All Star game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should we should have all should we should all be more on alert. LeBron should as well. Uh, so Steve kind of texted us this in the group chat today when he saw the dog. So you, I know, you know, with the way we've been talking about it, obviously there, there's for sure things to enjoy. I enjoyed the game, you know, as a whole, whatever. I do think that, you know, we could have a little more competition to it. I, for one, just think bringing back the East versus West, I would enjoy the game more. I don't know about you. How do you feel about it as a whole, I guess? I just don't think the guys are going to try anymore, to be honest. Yeah. I think this is what we're going to get. And I honestly think that there's a part of it where it's just like, who is it for at this point? Like, not that it shouldn't happen, but like, why are, like, who is it? The game is probably, the All-Star game is more for just casual people to just kind of see, like, the big, whoever the biggest superstars in the league. Like, it's not for, this game seven type atmosphere. I feel like hardcore and especially NBA Twitter thinks that like, cause all the all-stars are going to get on. We're just going to end up seeing like one of the greatest outputs of basketball ever. Cause there's all this talent out there. They're just, these dudes don't even play regular season games. Like yeah. they don't even like playing all of those. So I think it's just like an expectation setter for what we need it to happen. I think the NHL has done a really good job with their three on three and doing, they have the four divisions. So it's really natural for them to do the three on three. And that's a really fun way to do it is make it like a turn mini tournament. And if you did kind of, I don't know, like if it was a three on three all-star brat game, like if you did, if there's a way that you could up the people like from 12 to 14, you do two teams, you know, four teams of seven or something like that, that are just across the league or something. This is exactly the opposite of East versus West. But yeah. I'm just trying to think of like, something engaging like if people want something different if it's just going to be a five on five game east versus west whatever else i do like east versus west too i think that it's i, I don't like it's tried and true very easy to see like I, I like seeing the visuals of the different conferences i would just rather have them just go back to the home and away jerseys don't even need the all-star yeah. jerseys whatever yes. else i'm gonna agree but, with that you know i just think that if you get the best players playing a five on five game even with the elam ending that's what it's going to be for most of the game. And this year, the Elam ending didn't really help out just because Team Giannis was up so big that it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a close enough game for the, the it, it to be close at the end and team to really clamp down. So it was kind of just a worst case scenario of that too. Yeah, you were uh, you were kind of just waiting for Team Giannis to to hit that marker at the end because, like you said, it, it not being close, you were just like, all right, well. This is and that that just gave an opportunity for Tatum to get to the fifty-five points. I feel like too, because you know Team LeBron, as, as much as Jalen Brown kept wanting to get steals and, and get dunks on the other end, we we're just like, all right, well, it's only a matter of time here before Team Giannis is close. Team Giannis closes this out and and gets the points. But it was awesome. 
I agree. I don't. I think this is probably just going to be a debate going going on here. I'm sure we'll see the same format forever. Next year. Every year, every year, yeah. somebody, there's people complain about the All Star game. That's what I mean. Like, what do you guys want from it? You're going to complain every year. Just don't watch. There's other things yeah. on TV. Like people, people still enjoy. It is ratings were down. What 27 percent though? It came out today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're going to be some sort of changes um, coming forward. But it also hurts that you know. Just think about who didn't like Giannis played one one possession lebron playing only a half really no curry no durant yeah like those are like you know two of your biggest stars missing from the game and one of them not deciding he's not gonna play in the game so it's just you know it it wasn't the best case scenario and salt lake city too like yeah yeah you're not gonna yeah you're not that's not that's not a huge draw for most um, you ain't getting the celebrities like you would see if they were in Miami. You yeah. Know? Like, that's part of the fun, too, is seeing what celebrities are courtside, especially Saturday night. Um, right. And it wasn't as wasn't as a big of a group, let's say, no. <laughs> there. Definitely not. Um, yeah, last thing. I mean, Tatum just making history was awesome for me to watch. 55 points, most in an All-Star game ever. 38 and a half. That was the most points in a single half in the all-star game. And then 22 in a single quarter. That was the most in a single quarter for Jason Tatum. Double nickel in the all-star game. Also hit 10 threes. Really cool to watch. Got the Kobe Bryant um, all-star MVP trophy, which meant a lot to him, as he said. So, yeah, that part was cool. I I really enjoyed the game. Um, And we'll see next year. We'll wait for – We'll wait for everyone to complain next year when we have probably something similar. But let's get into the power rankings. Let's do it. There they are. Bam. I don't think the Boston Celtics have moved from the one seed yet. I was going to go back if I had more time today. I'm going to do this, though. Look back and see how many uh, place finishes we have. And keep track of that before the end of the season because I know the Ooh, Celtics yeah, have nice. l- running this first place. Denver sliding all the way up, and as you see, Jokic really did not like the All Star game. That was my note here. The Bucks right there behind these two teams, hey, just been hiding out all year. There, Philadelphia back in the rankings again. They slide up to the four seed by notion of beating our number five seed, the Cleveland Cavaliers, right before the All Star break. Thank you, Kevin Love, for your service. And then the Clippers and Grizzlies are the ones I gave honorable mention today with the Clippers getting the nod. Can't give the Grizzlies the nod, just trending in the wrong direction. But I think we kind of talked about the Clippers earlier, the aforementioned Clippers, um, and why they're very primed to jump into this group if they have a good next two weeks. The next time we do the uh, regular power rankings here, we'll have the Wemby rankings next week, which are – we're, again, seeing a week of basketball is going to be very fun for the Wemby rankings to see what these teams yes. are really putting out there. But any any or, thoughts? Or lack on, thereof. What do you want have to say here for our power rankings? Um, it's it's a honestly it's just annoying seeing Milwaukee at three because they're we've been saying it all year, but they're the most boring good team. They're a sleeping giant. They we've really seen are. in a while. Um. But yeah, they're, I mean, Celtics, you know, I think that they really need to keep their foot on the gas because Denver Denver looks legit. I think, you know, Philly and Milwaukee making some noise. 
Cleveland, that was a tough game against Philly. We, I, I know that you, you knew we were all three of us were watching that before the All Star game last week. That was tough. Um, but yeah, and Grizzlies. You know what I'm looking forward to actually on this power rankings is, is to see the Grizzlies even out of the honorable mentions next week. We need, we need a new team to come in here, and I think the Clippers will be on this list of five come the next time we do a power rankings as well. Well, I hope not because that would mean the Cavs are probably dropping out. So I'm hoping tomorrow as we get into this, as there's our power rankings and we can go transition into this quick right now because it works perfectly. First game in our new segment here and our playoff atmospheres as we come up into the whatever we got to figure out with Steve, what we're naming the second season here of the NBA. There are big games every weekend that are going to have huge impacts on the standings in the East and West. The East and West are so clumped together. Um, just huge games that are going to swing it both. And tomorrow night, it really starts. This game is not on national TV because Philadelphia and Memphis is going to be on TNT at 7.30. But if you have league pass, I think this is the best game of the night. The Denver Nuggets in Cleveland mm. to start right after the All-Star break to take on the Cavs. The Cavs just had a horrible first half against the Sixers in the game before the All-Star break. We're able to battle back, cut it to close the Cavs have been great at home. Denver, not as good on the road. What do you think of this matchup coming out? I mean, Denver, this is a thing. This is like a statement kind of game, I think, for Denver. The one that you want to go to an East contender and go win. And same thing for Cleveland, and especially Cleveland chasing the Sixers now. They're four games back in the loss column. I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling. And like when I when I read when I read the Denver at Cleveland, my first thought was. For some reason, Cleveland has this this easy. I think I think we might see a, a big statement win from Cleveland tomorrow night. Um, I think I don't know. I got I got kind of bad vibes from both Mike Malone and Jokic kind of making light of the All Star game, which they have every right to. And obviously, it's pretty meaningless basketball, um, especially like the intensity and that. But just the the body language and the 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 vibes I got from the two of them, they just, they kind of seemed like they were above the all-star game almost. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I think everyone's on the same page that this isn't real basketball, but you know, it's part of it. It's part of the NBA. It always has been. It always will be. I didn't like the vibes. And then, you know, what we just talked about, Cleveland kind of got run out of the gym their last time out. Mitchell is coming off a massive game in the all-star in the all-star game. he, He's a player who, you know, can get hot easily. He's had a fucking 70-point yeah. game this season. He just had 40 in the All-Star game. I think a little extra motivation. The Cavs will be at home. I, I just really like Cleveland in this game. I think I think we'll we'll see a lax Denver team, and I, I think we'll see the complete opposite from the Cavaliers. They'll be fired up. I completely agree. I think that the motivation factor and just the Cavs have been lights out at home all year. Um, I think I would rip Cleveland, whatever they're going to be, but that's going to be a fun one. Um, it was a, it was a really fun game last time in Denver. Denver ended up taking that one, but, um, really exciting, high scoring affair. I'd expect high pace, a lot of great shoot. Denver's gonna be able to shoot the lights out no matter what. That's probably what's going to keep them in it most of the night. Um, tomorrow night though, at 10 PM Eastern, we have a great game. It's not the top of the league, like these two teams, but, a huge narrative game and a big battle in the Western conference, the golden state warriors traveling to the new look Los Angeles Lakers. The one 
little thing we saw about the Lakers. Um, we saw them play before the All-Star break against the Pelicans with the whole group, LeBron playing Beasley and Vanderbilt in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And they looked awesome. They looked really fun. They did Their look defense good. looked energetic. They could shoot, actually. Um, and they ended up pretty much handling the Pelicans without Zion pretty easily. Um, so what do you think about the Warriors coming in there Thursday night? Obviously, the Warriors banged up, too. Yeah. As much as it pains me to say, actually, I mean, I don't, I'm not really crazy about either of these teams, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> but I think it's the Lakers. I think it's the Lakers tomorrow night. I think, I don't think Steph's back. I just, I actually just saw a tweet um, from yesterday that Andrew Wiggins currently isn't with the team due to a family matter. So I'm not sure he's playing either. Mm. Um, it sounds for sure questionable right now. I mean, that that could change. He could end up playing. But, I mean, if you don't have Steph, you don't have Wiggins, and you just mentioned, you know, the new additions to the Lakers look great, probably a motivated LeBron James unless he's going to be held out with whatever's going on with his hands. But other than that, man, I think I lean Lakers here just, for, you know, purely for who's going to be available for both teams. And like LeBron said, these next 23 games are going to be the most important of his career, which I heard him say that. I hadn't really thought about it until uh, Big Cat from Barstool brought it up on part of my take. He goes, it's funny LeBron says that because everyone knows right now he's not going to play all 23 of these games. And it's, I don't know though. I, I don't know. I don't know if he can afford to not play all 23 at this point. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't really it will really be a test, it. but like they, he, they were just, they, they like brought up the Lakers schedule and there, there's certain back to backs against like Houston and, and someone else where they're like, is he really going to play this back to back? Which maybe he will. I don't know. But I don't know if you, funny I don't to- know if you can, I don't know if they can pull it off. Like right now, looking at it, they're 13th place, 27 and 32. And it's just a lot. They're going to have a lot of games against those teams ahead of them. And I think even those Houston games, like they're going to be so important just because you need, like you can't, if you lose that game, a game that you should win, you're fucked. You're just so fucked in this race. And you know, Houston can put the ball in the bucket too. Like that's, that's, you know, Steve talks about it all the time. They're always in these 130 to 130 games, but that's, that's how Houston rolls. Like they'll let up points, but they'll, they'll score on you too. If they don't have a LeBron James, that's a good point. Like maybe LeBron will play all these games. Um, is he definitely in for tomorrow night? Like, is the hand just good now? Was that just? A I don't think. I don't think thing? they've announced that yet. But I would assume it was precautionary more than anything. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought. I think that he would have. I think if it was in the All Star game, he's back in that game too. Honestly. Yeah. So it's, oh, he got kind of hurt. Whatever. So especially if um, if LeBron's playing, I I really like the Lakers tomorrow night. I mean, no Steph. Maybe no Wiggins. I mean, it's like that's that's the biggest thing right there. If LeBron plays and there's no Andrew Wiggins, it's gonna be a long night for Golden State. Agreed. All right, let's go back. Let's stay in LA Friday night. Huge matchup. Huge, I huge, huge matchup. It's the Los Angeles Clippers for me. Yeah, they're fourth in the West right now. They're right behind the third seed Kings, both coming out of this All Star break. <laughs> Wait, rewind the tape right there. Say that again. They're right (laughs) behind the who? The fourth seed Clippers hosting the third seed Sacramento Kings. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's insane, man. If you could, if we could just go. 
go back and pull all the things we've said about the Kings since this podcast was created. It's and then and then just put that at the very end. It would be hilarious. Man. It's a win. It's a it's a it's a true success story. I'm a bit. Listen, we've we've pulled for the Kings for a long time. Have. I have a Kings hat. I I. I have a Kings beanie literally right within my sight off camera right now. Like I have always been a big Kings proponent. We are very happy for the Kings, but to just say that we ever <laughs> expected this with this team this year. No, 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 no. I was hoping they'd be like an eight seed, maybe the six, maybe they get out of the play in. This is beyond, but now the Clippers are running. As we talked about earlier, they are right back there. And if you pick the Clippers as the favorite in the West, I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. So where yeah. where does where does book does push come to shove here? Do the Clippers just blow the Kings out of the water at crypto on a Friday night, or can the Kings put up a fight here? Ooh, this is tough. I think the first two, I definitely had more of a hunch. Uh, I hate to be boring. I think I'm gonna go Clippers, especially if Russ plays. I could see this just getting out of hand if you know things just. To start the first quarter, if things are just going right for the Clippers and Russ makes a, a, a few big plays to start the game, crowds behind them. Yeah, I, I, I lean Clippers here, man. We we talked about it on the last episode too about how good Kawhi's been in this, you know, over this last seventeen games. I think it was. Um, he's just on an absolute tear. The Clippers have been great. They have a, a few nice new pieces. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be an entertaining game, but I think the I think the Clippers handle their business here. I agree. I'm with the Clippers on this one too. Um, I think they're just going to be the best, one of the best teams in the West going forward, and I don't yeah. see them getting beat at home a lot. Um, if this game was in Sacramento, I might think a little bit differently, but I think the Kings are the Kings are not. Listen, this is no disrespect on the Kings, but don't they feel much more appropriate as like a five to six seed rather than the three seed? I think that's where they end up. But just look at the West, man. Like if New Orleans gets Zion back anytime soon, they're climbing right back up. Um, Phoenix is obviously in position to climb back up. We'll talk about them in a second. Those that feels it feels like this top six is going to shift around top seven even is going to shift around a lot just due to the nature of who's coming back and everything else. And then I feel like you can kind of draw the line at seven where they're at right now with New Orleans, Dallas, Phoenix, Clippers, Kings, Memphis, Denver, and then kind of shift down where it's Minnesota, Golden State, you know, the Lakers, Utah, all those teams where they're in kind of the two tiers. I feel like we're getting that divide finally. Um, So we'll see if the Kings can hang out in there, if they're going to be back in that play-in territory. We'll find out a lot on Friday night, that's for sure. Let's go to Saturday night's. Big game. I'm sure the one you're looking forward to the most, Donnie. The Boston Celtics going into their new, their second home, Philadelphia, yeah. taking on the 76ers. What is like when you play the Sixers at this point? Do you even like think anything of it, or you just like ah, like they're good, but we know what's going to happen here. Um, yeah, I've had, I've pretty much had that mindset up until. Going into last game, which is funny because I was at the TD Garden, the, you know, the last time the Celtics and the Sixers played. It was a couple of weeks ago. And going into the game, no Jalen Brown. He had just – or that – no, that was actually the game that Brown broke his face on Tatum's, on Tatum's forearm. Yes, it was. 
Tatum shot three of 16 that game, I want to say. He did, because really I bet 30 points on him that night. <laughs> Smart, had, Smart was out. Uh, and then right before the game, Rob Williams – uh, announced out and Al Horford announced out. I'm like, oh my God, Embiid's going to go for 40 against us and I'm going to be in the building. But no, Blake Griffin hit five threes that game. Hell Sam yeah. Hauser came alive. It was during the Derek White madness. He was unstoppable that game. Um, and it kind of just reassured the whole, you know, we kind of own Philly thing. But I don't want to get too high on that because, you know, Philly, you know, they're in our power rankings for a reason, man. As much as I might not like the Sixers, I might not like the city of Philadelphia. They still have Joel Embiid. They have pretty good company around him. You know, James Harden is who he is. But um, so the, the long answer to that is kind of, I guess. I, I kind of have this feeling where the Celtics still, still own the 76ers. But I mean – Still so funny, too, dude. The other day, Nick Wright, he just loves taking jabs at the Celtics. He yeah. was like, well, Boston, I forget what he said, but like Boston should be scared of Philadelphia or something. Like, dude, we just beat them with a depleted roster two weeks ago <laughs> when they were fully healthy. And I don't know if you've been watching the NBA for the past five years, but Embiid hasn't been able to beat us regular season or playoffs. Um, but no, this is, I mean, this is going to be an absolute showdown Saturday night. I think – Depending on how Thursday night goes for the Celtics, we're, we're going to have our, our legit starting five for the first time in like forever because yep. the, the, the injury report's clear other than Gallinari. Big game right tomorrow now. night. Big game. That'll be yeah. a fun one in Indiana. It's never easy there. No. Um, you know, the, those guys play hard. It'll be a good one. But yeah, I mean, if, if you know, fingers crossed, if, if no, one, no injuries happen, if Jalen's. Jalen's face holds up and Rob and Al can stay healthy. I think Saturday night with, you know, Smart and Joel going back at it again, it's it's going to be going, but obviously I'm riding with the C's here. I'm not picking again, the Sixers against the Celtics yeah, the Cavs, in my life. The Cavs got to get get up in the power, in the happy hour hoops power yeah. rankings, man. We, we need Philly to No, lose. I don't even care about the power rankings. I care about the actual standings. Yeah, fuck, true. Fuck, fuck <laughs> better, better point. Here's the thing, though, is like for as as a Cavs fan, like we're going to start having to have these conversations of who you would rather see, Milwaukee or Boston, and neither is a good answer, but they've played both teams really well this year. So like, and yeah. better than they've played Philly ever. Like Philly always kicks our ass. We play Milwaukee and Boston better. And I think it's a rivalry thing. Both those teams are definitely more heated games than Philly is. There's a lot of history with the Celtics and obviously Milwaukee in the division, everything else. So like, it's like, I kind of want to catch Philly, but also like, don't know if I'd rather play the Celtics or Milwaukee. like, neither's a good option. Don't get me wrong. Like no. either way, I'm fucking horrified. And maybe that's what it comes down to is just like, play it, look, be in your best form, no matter what. And if that ends up as the three seed, four seed, five seed, however it ends up, that's all that really matters. But it's going to be interesting, even for the Sixers too. Like the Sixers got to be thinking about that. Like, would they rather see Philly or would they rather see Milwaukee or would they rather see Boston in that second round? Because it's, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. That's the same thing for them, too. It's a terrible situation to be in, obviously. They're the, probably the two best teams in the league. But, like, if you think you have a distinct advantage over one of those teams, you should probably do some stuff to get that matchup then. Yeah. 
that you bring it up the because obviously the Cavs have those the two Cavs games against the Celtics early early in the season. I was lucky enough to be at the the first one in person on my birthday. Obviously, Cavs won in overtime, but it was. I mean, I said this to you like right after. I think it was the day after, day or two after. It was one of the best games I've watched. Yeah. Do you think those two games against the Celtics early in the season were the the best two games the Cavs have played? Because I obviously I haven't watched as much Cavs basketball as you this year, but like especially that second game in person in late October, like that the Cavs looked unbelievable in that game. Like everyone was just on their game. Mobley looked amazing. Mitchell was fucking unbelievable. Obviously, Karis LeVert had a 40-piece. Um, honestly, that's just was kind of good Cavs games have looked like this year. The LeVert, LeVert thing with has not done that to a degree, but I think the biggest thing from that game and early in the season, especially the Cavs, is when Mitchell was just going crazy like that, and he really took over in that game. Like, what did he end up with? Didn't he end up with almost 50 points in that game, I think? Like, something yeah, crazy he had in that matchup. Um, and it was just like, can he keep that up? Like, especially because Darius got hurt night one, too. That's the biggest thing yeah. is there was no Darius. Like, you guys didn't have no Robert Williams there, but no Darius Garland either, who watching that All-Star game, Darius Garland should have been on that floor. Like, Darius Garland is one of the best players in the NBA, and I really think him missing that time is the only thing that hurt him there. So... I don't know. I think the Celtics are better than they were too. I think that they slipped offensively, obviously, but that was just due to how they were playing without Robert Williams on the floor. But they're obviously right. a better team with Robert Williams on the floor, and they'll figure out that all that other stuff. Um, so I don't know. I think I'd rather play Milwaukee if I was Cleveland, and that's crazy to say about Giannis. But if I'm gonna go at if if the biggest thing I'm worried about is Giannis, and I've got Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in, on the inside. Let, let's go. Like, let's see what they can do. What we don't have yeah. is wing defenders that can chase Brown and Tatum around for a whole series. So, and I don't think anybody in the league does really <laughs> at, at this point. Yeah. Except the Clippers. And that, and it, as I was saying it, I realized too, like, I was forgetting that Levert shot out of his mind in that second game. And it's like, obviously, you guys should beat anyone if Karis Levert's given you guys four. Yeah, that literally Levert has not done anything close to that. But I do think there is a good. It it was it was in, it was interesting then just because no, we didn't think I didn't think Mitchell was going to do this all year. I didn't think he was going to be an All NBA level guy all year. And I right. think that was like the biggest surprising thing back then was like, damn, like is he really going to do that the whole time? But they've had. They've been strong, and especially like the last, they were on an eight-game win streak before that loss to Philly, and theirs has started off with a big win against Memphis in there. Like, there's there's some good wins. I think the Milwaukee wins are as good as anything else because it wasn't overtime. They fucking cranked Milwaukee a couple times. Yeah. Oh, Cleveland's legit, man. Um, that, that's but, so true too. Like about like just how this top of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket is going to break down. It's like honestly the the loser in all of this is the the brooklyn nets who are sitting in fifth place <laughs> and like still so crazy just like thinking about the last couple of weeks that they had thinking about how their roster is constructed now they just re-signed uh jock vaughn to a to a new deal it's like they're they're in the five seed and like could legit like be in a good place if they just you know play solid basketball from here on out but what happens when they make it to the playoffs like 
they're going to have to go up against one of these juggernauts at some point. And I just know Brooklyn, Brooklyn ain't ready for that. Yeah. I think the four are set in the East, like the Cavs and the Sixers might have tough series with Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn there. And even Milwaukee and Boston might have like a couple games or so, but yeah, I think we're set there. Let's get into the most interesting game of this weekend to me. What we got here. Let's finish up with this. When we're talking about those Milwaukee bucks, because Kevin Durant may be debuting Sunday afternoon at 1 PM Eastern against the Milwaukee bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo and, so I I did see while we were recording because no. I saw before we were recording that it, that was possible when Horace said that, but obviously Shams had to ran on our parade. Not this true. was a half hour ago. Kevin Durant and Phoenix Suns are targeting his son's debut and return to action in next Wednesday's road game against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, so they're like, okay, we're not going to put you against the Bucks. We're going to put you against the Hornets. Yeah. Give you a nice little easy night. All right, still regardless, without the Durant thing, not definitely Celtic Sixers, biggest game of the weekend. Very interested to see what the Bucks look like against a very hungry Suns team and Devin Booker, who is going to come into Milwaukee and want to take their throats out on national TV yeah. as one last statement before Durant shows up being like, listen, Kevin might be coming, but I'm still that guy. I feel like, Dur- I feel like Booker is, is as much of the storyline. I was even going to bring this up. If Durant was playing, like wanting to see how Booker is and how he looks, because I think Durant is going to be the two on this team. As crazy as that sounds, I think he's going to defer to Booker. And I want to see what Booker looks like when he knows he has that guy next to him. But even just let's see him go at Giannis for the whole time because, you know, he still is going to be remembering the finals and just get angry all over again because that's who Devin Booker is. Yeah. Um, th- the other thing, too, the, like huge factor in this game, like we just found out KD is probably not playing. It, we don't even know if Giannis is going to play with this with that's his fan thing that he has going on because it's been reporting all week that, you know, He's, he may miss. He did time. go get a second. He did go get a second interview and everything, or a second opinion on it and everything this week. Um, I just Giannis does not miss games very often. So yeah, I uh, yeah I'd probably lean towards him playing, but maybe you know it's kind of crazy that we have the Suns Bucks you know Sunday matinee game. Maybe no Giannis, maybe no KD, but, but hey, like you the s- honorable mention is Sunday night. Two teams we already talked about: Nuggets and Clippers in yes. what should, could be a Western Conference Finals preview too. Yeah, I was going to say ever since ever since, you know, the bubble and past that, like this is just a this the, these two teams matching up is kind of must watch. Um but I like what you said too. I think I think Booker is just a story in this game regardless of who plays. Like probably going to be the last game him playing alone without KD. There's there's a chance for him to you know cement himself, make a statement game after the All Star break, and then you know KD comes in to join him, and and we'll see from there. But obviously, you know if they can take down one of the better teams in the NBA, whether Giannis plays or not, them getting a win over the Bucks would be huge. Um, I'm probably I don't know, man. Maybe I think I'm gonna st- stay leaning Bucks though, as- assuming Giannis plays. If there's no Durant, um, we, we already saw they kind of gave away some of their depth there. So it's it's going to be Booker and company versus, you know, one of the hardest teams in the NBA right now. People forget that, the, you know, as much as I want to call the Bucks boring, they are in a 12-game <laughs> win streak, which yeah. is crazy. But, yeah, I think if there's no KD, that'd probably be my pick for Sunday. Word. All right. Well, it's going to be a great weekend of hoops. 
take us home, Dunny. Yeah, so that was that was it for the show. Follow us at Happy Hour Hoops One. Follow at Trainwreck Spurts. There's no O in sports. Trainwreck Sports. Maybe someday. Two. Yeah, maybe someday we'll get that. They'll get that handle for us. Um, follow the two of us if you are watching on YouTube, which I, if you're listening right now, I strongly suggest watch us on YouTube. You can see our Twitter handles on the image. So that's a and little teaser. And my cat the whole yeah. time. Jake's cat's been chilling the episode. He was a, saw. No, he was not chilling. He was, that's the thing. <laughs> Today was not a chill day. Today is He was meowing, dude. He was, I think he was psyched when we started talking about the good matchups. I heard him throwing a few meows. He's either there. excited or he just, he hit for him. Ball is literally life. So he doesn't care about this talk. He's all about that action. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you could also see us drinking uh, or sipping our red wine during happy hour hoops because naturally that's what we're here to do, talk ball and have a casual drink. And maybe Jake, before next podcast, will run into Pat Bev in Chicago. It's my goal. So we'll see. Next week we'll have some Wemby rankings back up. We'll do a this or that next week and maybe have hopefully have some more drama and news to talk about. But for Jake, myself, Happy Hour Hoops is done tonight. Until next week, guys. Later. Peace.